This is the Australian Hunting Podcast, hunting, shooting and fishing radio on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the host of the show, Jason Selms. Welcome back to the Australian Hunting Podcast here on the AHP Digital Radio Network, the only dedicated hunting, shooting and fishing radio show here in Australia. If you'd like to find out more about AHP, visit australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. If you would like to email us, then you can go to the website and click on the contact icon. Or alternatively, you can email me directly at australianhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to listen to the Australian Hunting Podcast, you can visit the website and click on the archived podcast link. You can also subscribe to the Australian Hunting Podcast on iTunes for automatic updates. Make sure you leave a comment and rate us five stars on iTunes. That would be much appreciated. On Facebook, you can find us under Australian Hunting Podcast, where listeners are sharing ideas, thoughts and opinions, as well as photos and videos twitter.com forward slash ah podcast if you'd like to follow our twitter feed you can also check out my videos on youtube under the name aussie federal control alternatively all social media links can be found on the website everyone knows i love my listeners but i've got especially some extra special love for my donating listeners if you'd like to donate or do a monthly subscription to the show go to the website and click on the donate button on the right hand side of the main page and show your support which is always appreciated that helps us keeps the lights on in this joint and pay those bills we have over 65 hours of free podcasting audio content to date for you all to enjoy Share the Australian Hunting Podcast with your friends and family and get as many people as you know into hunting, shooting and fishing as possible so they can enjoy this fantastic lifestyle that we all love. So as usual, without further ado, let's get into my interview with today's guest. This is Rod Drew, CEO of Field and Game Australia. This is Rob Fickling from Beyond the Divide and Maroka 30. Hi, this is Kyle Allison, hunter, journalist for 42 years and a shooter. Hi, this is Russell Mark, Olympic gold medalist. This is Charlie Jacoby from Field Sports Britain. Hey everybody, it's Tom Knapp and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. Dylan Smith, welcome to the Australian Hunting Podcast for our segment of the Everyday Hunter series. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Man, tell us about yourself, I guess, uh, you know, on a, on a bit of a, a personal level, mate. Do you hunt, shoot, fish, all of the above, or what do you like to do? Yeah, all of the above, mate. Um, I've been fishing since I was in nappies pretty well, and I've been shooting uh, since not long after that, but I've only been hunting properly for, I don't know, about four or five years, I guess. Yeah, did you, what about, say, your family, mate? Were they into hunting, shooting, fishing? You know, father was a you know, big fisherman. Yeah. Tell us about the family. Yeah, no, dad's been a keen fisherman for ever, um, and he introduced me to fishing. And uh, he doesn't do much shooting anymore, but he, he used to back in the day, you know, when, when fox skins were worth a lot of money. And, um, you know, so he's, he's, I guess, the one who interested me. We also had a family friend who was a seriously keen pig hunter with dogs, and he took us out a couple of times, which is great fun. Um, but now Dad basically shoots with a camera most of the time, and he comes out with us and takes photos of all our adventures. So, yeah. Yeah. How did you? Was it which part would you say, friend, family member, sort of, when you went? Yeah, this hunting's not too bad. Was it the dad, or was it a maid, or what was it? Um. Oh, definitely when we went with our friend of ours. Yeah, who was you know sort of up in the New England area of. New South Wales, and I just loved what he did. I think by this stage, like we grew up in the country, but we'd moved back to the coast, and we went back to the country for a weekend or something just to go pigging with this fella. And um, I mean, I was hooked. Don't get me wrong, but I just sort of didn't really see much opportunity to get involved with it until I got a bit older and could sort of get you know my firearms license and things like that. Yeah, good stuff. And I love a bit of love a bit of the definitely love a bit of the hunting and shooting, mate. What are people's reactions? I mean, let's yeah. talk, about, talk about family first, I guess. You know, like when you first wanted to get into it. I mean, obviously your dad had done it. You know, you got brothers, sisters, mum. What do they sort of think about it? Oh, the entire family on both sides, uh, pretty much uh, was fine with it because um, you know they'd known dad for so long and 
particularly people on dad's side of the family, you know, like his father used to shoot and, um, yeah, like it wasn't even a problem because we're, um, we're all in different areas now, but, um, my whole family on both sides is pretty well from a rural town in New South Wales. So it's, it's, uh, not even really a touchy subject with any of them at all. Yeah. Yeah. What mate, I guess I always ask most people, what sort of area you're from? What state and what area? Oh, well, um, sort of born in Armadale, but grew up in Inverell for the first nine or ten years of my life, and then uh, as a family we moved to Port Macquarie, and um, yeah, so I went to Newcastle Uni for four years, and now I'm living out near Dubbo, um, but I go back to Inverell every month or so, basically fishing and shooting, doing the things I love. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I was a uh, Port Macquarie. Love that. We used to travel there a lot as a kid, uh, you know, for Christmas holidays with the family. Probably went there about 10 years in a row. Really, really like Port Macquarie. It was yeah. good, good fishing back then. I'm not yeah. sure probably not much now because everyone goes there now. But. Yeah. Oh, I, I, did, I mean, yeah, for most of my childhood, I didn't shoot a great deal, but I was definitely a mad keen fisherman and then got a bit older and got into guitar playing a lot more and didn't do as much of that. But then um, got a bit older again, got my farm's license and sort of became a bit more independent and, you know, started going on trips away with my brothers um, without sort of having to need, you know, dad or whatever to come along with us and, and that's when things really kicked off, I guess. Mate, since, since you said you're a big fisherman, what, what did you prefer? You know, boat fishing, rock fishing, beach fishing, what did you enjoy? Oh, I've barely beach fished. Um, as a family, we had an outside boat and we went out to sea a few times, but... We were never really good at it, so the most success I had, the most fun I had, would either be in the sort of estuaries around Port Macquarie, you know, fishing for flathead or bass or brim, um, or plenty of boat stuff around Copeton Dam, Pindari Dam, for Murray Cod and Yellowbelly and Silver Perch, and also, you know, walking rivers and creeks on property that I got access to around Inverell, um, walking around that big sort of boulder country, fishing for Murray Cod, that's probably my favourite actually, Murray Cod. For yeah, sure. Murray. Yeah. I do like a bit of flathead, man. I do like crumb up a bit of flathead. Mmm, not bad at all. Yeah. So where did yeah. you say you were from? I never, um, uh, oh, yeah, I'm from a town uh, just north of Dubbo called Gilgandra. Now? That's where you live now? Yeah, Gilgandra, yeah. Nice, okay. So what were you saying about the fish going? Oh, I just, I never ate a great deal of it. Uh, I was never into eating it that much, but, yeah. um, you know, I've started to try and eat a little bit more fish and particularly the, the salt water stuff. Like, it's hard to sort of get fresh, uh, fresh fish out here. But um, I became properly keen on eating fresh fish. I think I was up at uh, Cape York last year and we were sort of catching barramundi um, and just taking them straight out the river and then cooking them up for breakfast. And, uh, yeah, it sort of helped me realise, um, I don't know, fish can be really good, you know, because... I'd eaten a bit of freshwater fish and stuff as a kid, and it just I was never that keen on it. Yeah, what 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 are you normally a lure fisherman? You like the bait? What what's your generally your go to? Oh, I would say um, yeah, lures ninety nine percent. I've barely done anything with bait. Um, yeah, mad keen lure fisherman. Right yeah, I know. Me too. I was thinking it's just hard sometimes, isn't it? Really really sort of master that lure fishing you know i've tried a lot of different things you know from the i've got a kayak so i go out in the kayak from trolling to um you know just trying different sort of baits but mainly sort of flick baits or hard body. i mean i've got yeah. a, hard bodies man i just i don't know what i'm doing wrong with hard bodies i just can't figure it out but i'm still I'm still yeah, in the okay. hard body bandwagon but you know i mean i've caught yeah, a couple I've, I've, don't, I've never even fished with soft plastics before i've only ever used hard bodies my whole life yeah, nice. Yeah. What do you go to? Is what like? We'll give us some. I mean, tips. What do you? What, what do you think your go tos are like? I mean, those different brands. Anything specific? Uh, I know that um, oh well, <laughs> it's a bit biased, but um, yeah, my dad um, is uh, one of the owners of the Predatec lures, so I pretty well just use them. Never use anything else. Yeah. Nice, yeah. yeah. All my mates keep talking about jackals and all that. I'm like, nah, for twenty or thirty bucks now, they are that. Geez, I get a couple of a couple of different ones from another brand for that price. Yeah, no, I use yeah they used to be down under lures and now they're Protec and I pretty well use um, boomerangs or spoonbills for most of the stuff. When I've been up north, I've used the vipers. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of um, fishermen get really kind of uh, funny about certain colours and certain shapes and actions and all that, and I've never really. Um, you know, gotten caught up in that 
a great deal. I've usually just sort of gone out and only taken a uh, couple of lures with me, and if I don't catch anything, then I just sort of tell myself that there was nothing there that day, you know. Yeah, that's right. Always same with me. I get yeah. hooked on lures. I've got so many, and then when, most time you go out, you only get to use you know, three or four, sometimes two, maybe five, you know, but it's ne- never normally, for, well, it's for me, not normally any more than that. Yeah. No, dude, so, Ooh. mate, tell us about uh, what animals you enjoy hunting. I mean, you said you got into it, you really enjoy it. What's your go-to? Yeah. Like, you know, what's your top, say, two or three? Um, oh, you know, like most people, I'm, I'm keen to hunt anything, you know, because they all offer such different experiences and that. And I reckon... Uh, the ones I I'll, I shoot more foxes and rabbits than anything, but my favourite animals to hunt would be you know deer, pigs, um, scrub bulls, those kind of things. Yeah, do you with the foxes? Do you use a, one of those cocks? I mean, I, I end up selling it, but they're fantastic. I shouldn't say this, but the old uh, Fox Pro type call, electronic callers. You gotten into that, or you just use the oh, old? Oh, yeah, no, I've I've never done anything really with foxes besides chase them in a ute with a spotlight i've hardly whistled any in <laughs> i've hardly shot them with anything besides the centerfire yeah i did shoot a couple off the back of a ute you know sort of on the run with a shotgun uh a couple of times but that's one thing i kind of i've never spent the time doing even though i know i really should even just you know with a whistle or something like that but i usually um yeah, it's a big sort of numbers game for me on some of the properties I go on, so I find I just I usually get plenty just driving around with my ute and a spotlight, so that's what I do. Mate, I tell you what, if you I don't know where I've ever been where I've just driven around and can shoot them with a spotlight. You know what I mean? So Oh really? No, nah, yeah. yeah, not like that. I mean they've got a call. I mean you might see them at night, you know, they might come in, but I've always got to get them in with a call or a tenor field fox whistle or I mean the button yeah. whistles are a bit silent, but a tenor field normally brings them in, but I mean un- under spotlight at night that normally works, but I mean, during the night, just driving around seeing them, they're normally on like a, a far hill. I've got no chance of sort of shooting that far. I mean, I'm, you know, I can't, sometimes I can't. Yeah, oh, it depends hit. on the season, obviously, and all sorts of things. I haven't had much luck the last sort of few months, but now they'll start coming out of dens and they'll be getting pretty hungry, and I'm sure I'll see plenty on the weekend if I go out. Yeah, right. Okay, good yeah. stuff, man. What do you do you participate I mean, just purely hunting? Do you participate in any non hunting shooting or sorry, non hunting related activities, rifles, targets, pistols, clay targets, whatever? Yeah. Um I haven't bought myself a shotgun as yet, but I'm keen to get into the clay target shooting. I go to the range to sort of keep my visits up as my genuine reason and I usually go in the Rim fire, um, either 50 or 75 yard comp or the center fire, 100 or 200 yard comp. And I, yeah, have a bit of fun, absolutely. Um, but I'd much prefer to be sort of out walking the hills if I could be. But, uh, you know, I've met some nice people at the range and, um, yeah, that's all good fun. I do enjoy doing it. Mate, you'd have some great opportunities. What sort of brought you out to, to that sort of dubbo? What did you say, Gilgandry, did you say? Yeah. Yeah, what brought you out, what, what sort of got you out that way? Oh, a job, mate. Yeah, true. <laughs> <A> job, <but laughs> I, um, oh, I'm, a, I'm a school teacher, so, um, you know, I could sort of, there, when I finished uni, there was an opportunity for me to be able to sort of um, go anywhere that I, I wanted to do within reason. And being from the country originally, um, I thought teaching is an opportunity to get out of the country and, and live there for a lot longer before I maybe decide to settle back on the coast and, and get involved in a lot more hunting and shooting and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's basically one of the reasons why I came out here for sure. I was going to say, in that area, there'd be some great hunting opportunities out there, wouldn't there? There's plenty of opportunity, particularly, you know, I get onto lots of properties because of my job. Um, or, you know, I, I get a lot of opportunity because of my job. Um, not too far away, you know, Within a couple of hours' drive, you've got the sort of whole Ningen area or the even the Macquarie Marshes area, so there are plenty of pigs around there. Um, within a couple of hours' drive the other direction, you've got plenty of deer and that around Mudgee. Although I haven't got much in the way of good deer access, but I will regularly drive um, up to Inverell, which is only about, I guess, four and a half hours, and, and do plenty of my stuff up there because I just love being up there. Yeah, right. Excellent stuff, man. What are your sort of go-to calibers? You got a big collection. What's your calibers? What are you? What are you? What, you know, what suits the game? You know, generally that you're yeah, hunting. Right. Um, I don't have a huge collection. 
Um, I've got, you know, it's a 22, a triple two, 30, 30, 308, and a 9.3 by 62. And of all of those, I'd probably use my triple two vast majority of the time. Um, I take my 308 if I'm, you know, just walking around somewhere where I mightn't be too sure what I'm going to come across. Um, I only recently bought the 9.3 by 62, so I haven't done a great deal with that. But yeah, particularly for around here when you've got just the foxes and the rabbits and stuff, the triple two is fine. Um, I've shot plenty of goats and pigs with that as well. It's a great round, it's a fun rifle. Um, but as an all-rounder, like I've probably taken everywhere I've been in Australia so far hunting, I've taken my 308 with me. And um, yeah, it's it's just been great for me, really good. Yeah, if you had to pick one out of those ones, what's the favourite you reckon? Oh, uh, the nicest rifle I have would probably be my 9.3. But um, in terms of the round, if I could have only one sort of cartridge in my safe, it'd be 308. I'd, I'd say for sure. Yeah, nice. Okay, I know you were talking about for your job, you being able to have access to some properties and that. But I guess people in the area, I'd say it's probably common in that area. What do people do or say when they find out you like to hunt? No one is ever surprised. I talk about it anywhere I go, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I really do, you know, and, that, and that's how I get a few offers. Um, but at the same time, you know, while I'm in an area and, you know, in a job where access can come relatively easily, it's important for me to make sure I present myself around the community well and... Um, all that type of stuff because it is a small town and, you know, word spreads fast and I've got a reputation within the community to uphold. So I don't sort of, you know, I'm not a yobbo by any means. I, I, you know, most people do know that I am a keen hunter, but um, everyone usually is keen to chat to me about it. And it, I don't think there are many people in this area where hunting or shooting of any kind is a sore subject at all. So it makes things pretty easy. Yeah, man, nice. When someone sort of has brought it up to you, okay, this is a very interesting question. I ask this to a lot of people. It's the exact same question I ask most people. If you could break it down, tell us what it means to be a hunter, shooter, and fisherman in Australia in the 20th century. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a really good question because I've I've got um, I've got some really cool ideas around this kind of stuff. I think like um, unfortunately. And a lot of us know, you know, hunting is seen as something that's unnatural because, you know, we've got the ability to domesticate animals so easily and have food so readily available. But um, I kind of think it's a shame that people think that way because hunting doesn't just have to be this um, thing about sustaining your own, you know, well-being. It's got so much more of a kind of cultural aspect to it and an um other experiences so I think um, in terms of what it means to be a hunter I think we've got to just be a lot more proactive the way we talk to people about it and not be you know as um, apologetic you know when people say oh you know it's unnecessary those kind of things um, I guess I don't know that answer the question <laughs> maybe, maybe no, no it's great you know just yeah no it doesn't matter I guess the question sort of is you know, I guess what it is to each individual person, you know, it's always different and yeah. so many different ideas, you know, what, how people think about things. Some people are like, oh, great question. I don't, sort of don't even know where to start, but they feel it inside. Yeah. So it's sort of, you know, a very, very interesting question. But, mate, what, what is it, you know, when you go shooting, you're out, you're having fun, you know, you might be removing feral animals or going out to get some meat for something. Um, what is it about hunting and shooting or even fishing or, the, or I guess all of the above but let's say this outdoor culture that makes you keep coming back and why do you enjoy it so much? Um, it, you know, obviously it's challenging physically. You know, I, I love walking up around the hills because it's a great way of keeping fit that's not boring, you know. Um, but I, I love um, interacting with nature on such a complex level, you know, like I, I love um, stalking along a river and coming across some goats that have no idea I'm there, but then, you know, with one shot, um, the situation's completely different and I've gone from sort of being this um, silent 
um, being in the environment and nothing knows I'm there to then all of a sudden um, I've you know completely changed the fate of one animal and the other sort of run off and then I can go about butchering that goat or you know it, it's it's more just about sort of interacting with nature as a whole I guess because I've always been interested in nature particularly predatory animals you know like birds of prey or big cats and things like that and it's it's cool for me to be able to um, you know share similar apex predator apex predator qualities with some of those other animals you know like the way they interact in nature as well that's what keeps getting me back i guess good stuff man i mean in that bush you know i like going in the bush i find it's very uh silent sometimes which is great and i find i use all my you know senses when out in the bush i mean people can go out there and look at stuff and go oh yeah that's great and then sort of jump in the car and kick and go uh, you yeah, know, I like using that senses, you know, smell, you know, I'm visually looking around, you know, so I guess what do you enjoy about being out in the bush as well? Um, oh, you know, uh, I get to see so much that other people don't. Um, yeah, like ever since I was a kid, you know, I've, I've always walked around um, neighbouring properties, you know, farmers have properties where I, where I grew up and I just love walking around and, and watching birds. Um, you know, watching any other animals, kangaroos and stuff like that. And um, I, I love the thought that knowing I'm getting out of my house and I'm going and looking at things, I'm experiencing stuff that other people aren't and they maybe, um, they really should, you know, be experiencing it. And I don't, I don't ever want to feel as I'm taking the opportunity to do that for granted. But like you said as well, um, you know, using your senses and things like that, it's it just makes you so keen. I, I took some friends of mine out hunting on the week uh, a couple of weekends ago, and they were just so amazed that I saw some pigs in a paddock from so far away. But I said, well, you know, that's just what you do. You you're always on the lookout. You're always hearing things, seeing things that other people would miss. And um, I think, well, you know, it's it's fun to have that level of awareness. I think. Yeah, true. Talk about friends and family. I mean, I think it's really important to get our numbers up huge. You know, more shooters, more hunters, more fishermen equals a bit more political power. But have you converted any friends to hunting? Anyone you know, like yeah, because of you absolutely. got into hunting? Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, heaps of people. Um, of you know, around when I was getting my firearms license, I was going to uni. My brother lived next door. He was going to uni as well. Um, and we just sort of said, you know what, we're going to get our licenses because we've always been interested in it and we didn't, you know, this was before we realised there was public land hunting and we thought the restrictions and ownership was way stricter than what it was and at the time we didn't think that we might have a lot of property access so we thought, this was like, great, we're going to save forests and that. So, yeah, we got our licenses and then um, the vast majority of our friends weren't, Flipping out about, they are really intrigued. You know, like, oh my god, these these blokes we know have got their firearms license. I remember I went to uni and showed my um, my girlfriend the little uh, firearms license card and sort of showed all these people in my course, and they couldn't believe it. And out of all those people, um, there have been you know really good mates that have always been interested in the hunting thing, but they're from the coast. You know, they've they haven't been able to be exposed to it. And I love the fact that now I've been able to expose them i've taken them to some of my favorite properties they've walked around they've shot goats or pigs or whatever they've taken the skins they've taken the meat they've got some great photos and yeah a few of my friends have bought um firearms and got their license and got into hunting purely because of the exposure that i've given them and i love that thought and i'm gonna keep doing it as much as i can Nice work, man. What do you hunt for? You just hunt for helping out farmers, culture. You know, you enjoy eating game meat, feral animal control. Why, why do you hunt in particular? Yeah, well, all of the above again, I'd have to say. Um, you know, it's it's different depending on where I am. So, for example, out here right now, I mean, it's always a cultural thing because I, I really believe in, in human beings being this sort of top predator. But um, an example of just, I say, I guess, pest control would be around here in particular. The place I tied to be out with the foxes, um, yeah, you've got plenty of chooks around in sheds and things like that. And it's not hard to go and uh, shoot plenty of foxes there of a night time. And the farmer always loves that, so it's it's good to have that kind of relationship <laughs> with the farmer. 
Um, there are other times when um, some parts around uh, the New England where I go, the farmers can't round up the goats and, and sell them off because the country is too rugged. But they like the goats being there to a certain degree because they um, help keep the blackberry bushes down. So the farmer lets me go and shoot some knowing that I'm not going to shoot the hell out of them. Um, and I'll take whatever meat I decide to take. You know, I love eating venison and goat. I'm trying to get into eating a bit more wild pork, but I want to get onto some pigs that have sort of come off more crop rather than, you know, eating dead rotten stuff. But yeah, sure. look, for me, it's mostly a culture thing, but I would say a lot of my access is um, granted as a, as a pest control thing. Um, and yeah, I, I'll eat anything... I can, I guess, you know, and I feed that to family and friends as well. I've had heaps of friends who aren't hunters and they probably never will be hunters, but I've had them over for barbecues and they've eaten goats that I've shot and they've loved it and my girlfriend loves eating the venison and the goats, so, yeah. True. I was going to ask you about that, but we're just going to go to a quick break and we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats, but the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. Hey, Mars, did you know there's a place in New South Wales that gun owners, hunters and sporting shooters are very familiar with? Of course, Jason, that place is Horsley Park Gun Shop. That's because they've been around for 30 years and have built a reputation for being the best in the business. They have an extensive range of firearms, ammunition, gun safes, optics and accessories for all your hunting and shooting requirements. And did you know, Jason, they always have bulk ammo specials? Absolutely. The friendly staff at Horsley Park Gun Shop are always there to help you and give you the best advice. Horsley Park Gun Shop are open Monday to Saturday and you can find them on the internet at hpgs.com.au. Come and talk to the team at Horsley Park Gun Shop at 1848 Horsley Road, Horsley Park or call them on 9620-1313. All right, Dylan, mate, tell us, you were just before we went to the, the break, you were telling us about the, about, about the girlfriend. She, mate, what does she say? One, about the hunting and the shooting, and two, what about the sort of game meets? Uh, we met at uni before I had my licence, and I remember talking about getting my licence, and she wasn't, you know, scared off. She was interested. And, um, yeah, look, I'm sure a lot of us can be the same. Sometimes that's all I can think about. That's all I want to do. I want to go away every weekend and that kind of thing. And, um, <laughs> you know, being a... A uh, girl from the coast, being at home out of the country by yourself every weekend when your boyfriend goes out shooting, that can get old. So, um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're we're working pretty well at sort of keeping a happy medium between shooting all the time and then me not being out. But at the same time, um, we love eating goat curries and um, you know venison casseroles or anything really that I've brought home to eat. So that's a really good way that we can enjoy it together. And she'll come out and hold the spotlights on me some nights or come for a walk with me. Because, again, it's not just about being out there hunting. It's an excuse to go out in the bush and see some things. We might walk our dogs, you know, and let them have a bit of a run around. So, yeah, there's there's no uh, problem there whatsoever. Yeah, true. No, totally agree. Some people say hunting. There's a lot of different uh, things people say about it. It's a sport. It's a culture, means for getting uh, food, sorry, purely feral animal control. I mean, what do you think it is? Um, I would would argue that it should be um, a very cultural thing, a very self-fulfilling thing um, of, you know, I think in Australia, for example, we're really lucky that we've got so many awesome things to be able to hunt and I say to people sometimes wouldn't it be a shame if all these animals were gone because we wouldn't have much left to hunt now obviously you know it's what pigs do to in the environment and to farms and 
what foxes do to the environment, things like that. It's, it's just a, a terrible thing, and nobody would argue that it's not. But I think that purely saying it's a feral control is a sort of um, apologetic, reactive way of, of talking about it because quite often yeah. you know we'll be on Facebook and you'll see somebody post a picture of a fox they shot or a, or a pig they shot and there'll inevitably be um, somebody in the comments that says oh geez you know isn't it horrible didn't you think about it's right to live and uh, you always see people saying oh yeah but they're pests they need to be removed and I'm not saying they don't need to be removed at all but I think you know if you look at um, parts of Europe, parts of North America with extremely strong hunting cultures, they don't need to use the argument that an animal's feral to be able to hunt it. You know, deer, elk, sure. moose, coyote, or wild boar in Europe, you know, these are all native animals. So while it's convenient for us to use the argument that they need to be removed, you know, it's convenient to sort of almost um, apologize or react to people with that excuse. I don't ever want to pretend like I don't enjoy it. So I'll say, well, you know, people have been hunting for thousands of years, you know, ever since people have existed. Yes, you know, maybe those pigs shouldn't be there or the goats shouldn't be there. And, and I'll shoot as many pigs or foxes or whatever as I can if that's what the farmer needs me to do, absolutely. But I think it's so important for us to try and maintain our own hunting culture like, you know, uh, they do in, have in North America or parts of Europe because it... Um, it doesn't have to be as kind of reactive or apologetic as what we sometimes make it out to be, I think, if that makes sense. It does, man. I've actually, you hit it on the head because I've been saying this for a long time. People often say, you know, oh, feral animal control. Mate, I've never had a greenie ever go get a firearms license or no one's ever said, Jason, listen, yeah, I've went and got my firearms license. I've done the safety checks. I've waited all this time. I bought my first firearm purely just for feral animal control, whilst I think, to, for me, that's part of it. The forefront in my mind is that just I'm a hunter and I want to either yeah. get meat or if it's uh, foxes, I want to help farmers. Uh, yeah, let's be honest, we enjoy it. A lot of people, are scared, I think, are scared of saying that. I enjoy it. People go, oh, you like to kill things. I go, Man, I, don't, I remember when I first shot my first fox, I, I felt a bit, I think everyone did at, at the start. I felt like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure about this. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, I was all good. You know, and I've shot many foxes since. But that, that first experience, I'm like, well, I wouldn't be here if I didn't enjoy it. But it's not the enjoyment of killing. It's just the enjoyment of, yeah, being out in the bush, um, and people say, well, why don't you go out the bush and just not shoot things? But, I mean, as I said, people have been hunting for, since, well, since the dawn of time. Now, all of a sudden, yeah. in the last, what, 30, 40, 50 years, and probably not even that, these, I don't know where these greenies and uh, animal liberation people came from or how they were, mm -hmm. how they were born, and how, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about them, but it's yeah. just, you know, we love it. I couldn't it. agree more. I couldn't, I can't I think, say any different. Yeah, what, one thing that kind of gets me is, I don't understand why we all of a sudden have to justify ourselves. We've got people sort of attacking us saying, how can you justify that? You know, how can you be comfortable taking a life, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I, and I hate the fact that it's those kind of people attacking us as if we're the ones who aren't normal. And I, and I remember it, I just remember watching that, um, that Living With The Enemy TV show with Steve Lee and Felicity. Yeah. I can't remember her last name. And I, I was, was looking at my, my girlfriend my and we were just yelling at the TV. Yeah, we were just yelling because she said at the very end, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing here, she said something like, um, hunting is a social conditioning thing. You know, Steve has been conditioned throughout his life and that's why he's turned out that way. And I just get so annoyed to hear somebody say something like that because it's like, no, hang on a minute. Humans have existed for, you know, whatever it is, 100,000, 150,000 years, and it's only within the last, I don't know, 30, 40, or 50 years, people like you have come about making hunting a weird thing. Like, why is it that it's normal for you guys to have a go at me, but I'm the one that's doing what we've done for years? I mean, and people sometimes say, it's, it's unnecessary, and I tell them, well, look, people in my family, like my grandfather on my dad's side, at, um, at times when my dad was a kid or whatever, like they ran out of money that week, so he'd have to go and shoot a couple of rabbits to feed the family. Now, I'm not saying oh, I have to do that, but it's not that, it's not so far away in our culture that we have to, I don't know, forget about it, like what these people want us to do. It's just like, I'm, I'm doing the normal thing here. I'm out there pursuing game. Um, but 
some of those really extreme vegans have funny ideas. And when I when I use the pest control argument on them, they do, oh, but, you know, in an ideal world, we wouldn't even have big farms like that, so you wouldn't have to shoot those foxes for getting into old mates' chicken sheds because those chickens shouldn't be there anyway. And I just, I don't know, it's, I, I always tell people I think they're disconnected from reality in a way because we're not in their world. We're in the world we are today, and we're making the most of it, and they're having a go at us over all sorts of things, and they're just... Oh, no, you've gotten me started, Jason, and I, just, no, no. <laughs> I should call it myself. <laughs> no, I love it because I was watching it too, man. I, literally the first five minutes, I literally had stitches in my side because <laughs> I, I, I only spoke to Steve the other day, actually, and, you know, and he, just, just the hilarity of some of the stuff he was saying. And these people, oh. I, I do agree with that. I noticed that, and that's a very good point. They're very... I'm out there enjoying myself. Steve's enjoying himself, and he goes, these people, they seem to be... Yeah. Always very sad, very upset. Oh, like for that whole show, Steve's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh no, we have get out in the bush." I think it was with Rob Bores out yeah. from the Shooters and Fishers party, and yeah, we're having a great time. And she's there going, "Oh no!" Even when she was doing animal liberation stuff, talking about just things in general, they're always upset. Yeah. They're always crying. They're always, you know. And the the funniest part was when yeah. that old lady was sitting in the back of the car, and they're at the duck <laughs> the, the duck hunting protest, and she's there going, "Oh, what happened? Well, a duck got." shot where do you think you are love you know and she's then she starts yeah. crying at the, and I'm, I'm laughing because i'm thinking oh tell me she's not crying over and she goes oh yeah. well, what do you what do you feel and he goes well, what's it's a dead it's a dark it's dead that's it you know like, well, yeah. what am i supposed to feel but oh man yeah. i had a good and laugh see, about it they're so emotional and they've got the wrong kind of emotional connection with the animals now i i don't deny i do have Oh, I don't know if emotional is the right word, but I feel when I go hunting, particularly when I'm out walking in the hills and I'm a lot more selective about which goat I like to shoot, blah, 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 as opposed to just shooting every fox I see for the farm or whatever, there is definitely some kind of connection that I feel, you know, like if particularly if you're looking at a whole mob and then you single one out and you're like, okay, that's the one. But their emotional connection, you know, they were talking like... Um, they were referring to animals in, in almost like a human way and, and talking about... Um, rescuing these pigs and and cows and whatever, and I just felt like jumping the TV and saying those pigs and those cows have been selectively bred by people to be a food source. You know, they're they're not just some wild animal that we've gone and, and trapped or something. Like humans have created those animals, so and then they feel the need to go and rescue the farmers' pigs and you know, as people on the net say, they justify breaking the law because they feel as though they're morally correct because they've got yeah. this emotional attachment and i just I, I don't think they understand that you don't that hunters have a, a connection but it's it doesn't have to be as emotive as that it can be just a case of i shot a goat and then a week later i'm sitting down to dinner and i'm thinking geez this goat's shoulder tastes amazing you know i'm glad i picked that young one or something <laughs> i noticed that yeah. during the show too where she said she stole that pig i think and i mean this is, hey there's the evidence why aren't the cops over there saying hey listen well yeah you did steal this you just admitted on the oh. show here's the pig you know they, they somehow think you're yeah, breaking the law like this goes back to oh, like duck shooting as well and laurie levy from the coalition of or oh, against duck shooting um you know i just think they yeah. just are oh, well break the law because you know oh it's the right thing and he tries to liken the cause to you know u.s yeah. black, bl black slavery as know. if you know i said mate you're not free and black slave it's a duck and you know pretty much a lot of countries around the world actually have you know duck hunting seasons and enjoy waterfowl hunting and they eat ducks etc but you know yeah. i mean it is pretty funny isn't it but um next question mate yeah. This is always an interesting one. Very similar to that other question about what it means to be a hunter. But if you've ever had someone come up and go, oh, you know, you hunt, how would you explain it to someone? Because, I mean, I had some people before a couple of weeks ago, they haven't even fished before. This is how bad I live in Sydney on the outskirts of Sydney. But how would you explain it to someone that's never hunted before or even fished so they could understand sort of what you see and how would you get them involved? Typically, I offered her show people. You know, if, if anyone would have really come to me and say, I just can't understand how you could enjoy it, it's such a horrible thing, I would say, you know what, come camping with me for a couple of days and I'll show you. And even if you don't like the part where I pull the trigger, I guarantee you from, you know, when you roll out of your swag of the morning to when you go back into the night, you will have a good time. Um, and that's probably one of the first steps. I don't tend to... Um, you know, have to do that much. I don't. I don't tend to associate with people who, who really can't see eye to eye because, 
while it's, it's unfortunate to say, I don't like wasting time on people where I know I'm not going to get anywhere. But if it's someone who is genuinely inquisitive and interested, it doesn't take very long for me to kind of just sway them a little bit more to my side when I say things like what I said before, you know, like what do, what do I have to say um, that pig's feral so I'm going to shoot it for no other reason but in America they've got a deer season and deer are native to America, you know, this is, this is something that people do because um, I'm, I'm a history teacher so I'll always be going back, you know, throughout history this has happened, this has happened and, and yeah, people... Um, the reaction is is usually good. I, I've rarely, I've, I've hardly ever come across anybody who just writes me off as just some barbarian or, or some bogan yobbo or whatever. Because I I try to um, come across as polite and informed as possible, and I think people appreciate that. So if anyone genuinely asks me, then it's it's yeah, it usually ends up being a, a positive conversation. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I must admit, I don't think I've had any blow-ups. I only had one girl, this is only a couple of weeks ago now, I was starting to see her for the first couple of weeks, and then she mentions after about, I put this on the Facebook page, she mentions after about two weeks, she says, oh, what do you think about animals? I go, yeah, yeah I like dogs. And she goes, nah, all animals. And I'm thinking, oh, because this chick was pretty cool, man. This could have developed into a relationship. Then she goes, oh, no, yeah, like all, right. a, all animals. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Where's how far is this going to go? And I say, oh, what do you mean? This day she didn't know I Some hunted yet. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes, she yeah. says to me, um, oh, like I'm in, involved with these groups. I'm like, oh, okay, what sort of groups? And then I just I let, <laughs> I let it go. I said, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to be suitable. She says, oh, why? We're getting on really well. And I said, yeah, I'm sort of a big hunter, you know. I've pretty much run the biggest hunting, shooting and fishing radio show. This podcast, well, it is in Australia, with probably 30K downloads a month. And she's like, oh, what? And I went, yeah. And she goes, oh, no, she's sick of just thinking about it. And I said, yeah, if you're involved yeah. in these sort of, you know, groups where you're out there and you're interfering with people and businesses, because one, one of my best mates I used to live with actually, um, I'm not going to say which, which uh, egg farm, but he works for one of the major retailers of egg farms, that delivers obviously eggs to Coles, Woolworths, etc. I mean, they're always getting broken into, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage. I mean, you know, and then they get in there yeah. at 3 a.m. and the poor rooster or the poor bloody chickens are crowing their heads off. I mean, you wake me up at 3 a.m. with a flashlight, you know, an LED flashlight at 3 a.m. I'm not yeah. going to be too happy either, but. Yeah, yeah. needless to say, that afternoon we sort of went our separate ways and I said, no, I think we're a bit too different. I like getting out there. I like getting amongst the bush and you know if you're not really into that sort of thing well probably wouldn't really work out plus i'm not really interested in going you know these little animal yeah. groups and yeah but she was pretty disappointing actually now that i think about it but you know what do you do yeah well another thing that i've found is it's it's easy for hunters to convince themselves that if there's if, if someone's out there and they're not a hunter they're immediately one of the enemy or whatever you know but um I talk to so many people about it. It could be school kids, it could be parents, colleagues, friends of mine from all sorts of areas, and most people aren't exposed to it at all. So they're kind of a little bit influenced by all the negative stuff they see on the news about it, but then they talk to someone who they know and trust to be a good person. It could be me or whoever. And then I yeah. say, oh, you know, no, I'm, I'm a mad king hunter. You know, I do it all the time. And, and so many people are interested just because they don't, you know, maybe they don't know someone who's a hunter and, and they, they, they see there's an opportunity to make their own mind up because they hear about it being a big, bad, scary thing on the news and they see someone like, oh, I know you, you're not that bad a person. And so I've, you know, um, girlfriends of, of both my brothers, you know, they've, they've uh, come camping and, and seen it all or, um, you know, as I said before, heaps of mates from... From uni, from different areas, you know, they've just come out and they've had the best time, all of them. And no, none of them were exposed to hunting in any way until I took them out. And even if I haven't gotten them to all get a licence, um, they've all become people who are a bit more informed. So even my, my girlfriend um, is not really that big on the hunting thing. Like She doesn't hate it, she's just not that interested. But then after that that Living With The Enemy show, she was all over Twitter, you know, <laughs> telling uh, some of these people how, you know, how, how deranged they were. And she's like, you know, my boyfriend hunts and, and he's not that kind of person. It's, it's fine, you know. Um, and I think it's good to have people who, yeah, they may not even be interested in taking it up, but they can still see the, the crazies for what they are in a way. And it was good because it was good that Steve and, 
and and Rob, they didn't go they didn't go too stupid. They didn't swear, and she was swearing quite a lot on that show. And I'm like, this is great. Like he kept the cool, which was fantastic. It made him actually look even worse. I'm there going, well, she's actually going off a tree. She's swearing, and oh, little Steve Lee's like Ernest Hemingway follows him around, and she's she looked actually quite unstable. I'm thinking when I saw her at the house at the start, and they had that little get together in the room, and there's boxes. I'm thinking, ah, oh, come on, you know, like I don't mind them as much. I, I respect it. They don't want to eat meat. Hey, all the power to you. But I can guarantee if these people were in Parliament and they said what, what you know what would happen in the future, we wouldn't be eating meat. I can tell you. I can tell you that straight away. They'd be saying, "Well, that's it. We're cutting all meat. You're not going to be eating meat." Like I don't care what they do. This is the thing with hunters. I don't care what they do. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't care care less. But if they care about what we do and they a want to stop our hunting, b they want to stop our meat consumption. Um, you know, yeah. and I just what do you do? Yeah, you know, that's that's the difference between us and them. Like on the duck fields, you know, they're there ha- hassling them and then going, "Oh, look, he's giving me the finger." Well, mate, the guy didn't come and harass you. You're out there yeah. with, a, with a bloody Absolutely. an orange shirt on, inciting violence, basically. And the guy goes, "Well, hey, here's a dead duck," and he starts smooching it like he did on that show. And she goes, "They go like, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, you know, what do you think of this?" And the guy, Steve's like, "Well, you know, you're actually kind of he's minding his own business. You guys are hassling him, like, and then they're trying to say we're yeah. hassling them. It's just ridiculous." Hell yeah. But yep. Anyway, mate, we're just going to another quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 024653 or visit Good G'day, I'm Robert Borsak from the Shooters and Fishers Party and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. The Shooters and Fishers Party have been delivering for shooters and fishers for more than 20 years. We've reformed the New South Wales Game Unit to manage hunting in state forests, returned duck, quail and pigeon hunting and delivered more than $15 million for new and existing ranges throughout the state. And we're not done yet. With your support in 2015, we will protect your rights. To find out more about our campaign, please visit www.sfp2015.org.au. All right, Dylan, mate, we're going to get some good good stuff here. We might have some difference of opinions. I don't know yet, and I will call you on it if I have to, but let's see how yep. you go with this one. What's your thoughts on firearms ownership in Australia at the moment? I'm not sure um, how old you are. If you want to share that, you can. You know, we're talking, you know, pre-1996, John Howard. We're talking the gun laws. Do you think they're great at the moment? You love registration? You're not happy with it? Tell us a bit more. Yeah, um, yeah I'm 26, so I'm sort of... It came about after that period. Actually, we had a couple of rifles in the house when we were living in the country, and then I remember Dad sort of taking them into the cop shop and they were, and sort of saying, oh, you know, do I need to hand these? And I think one was a, an ancient Browning pump 22 and the other was a slug gun, and the cop said, oh, no, it's fine. Anyway, um, yeah, look, I know it's a touchy subject. Um, I don't know enough. I don't know as much about it as what I probably should, but there are some things I do feel really strongly about for example i think it's a shame that i need to have a specialized license to own something like a semi-automatic 22 um you know on the category c license um but i can have a you know remington pump action rifle in 308 with a 10 round magazine on a category b license because there's Someone you know out there in the registry world or whoever's making the laws has got they've seen the the word semi-automatic and they've thought oh criminal or oh, extremely dangerous or something like that and I'm just like you know the amount of damage you could do with a Ruger 1022 is nothing compared to a, a Remington pump action rifle you know but for some reason they've got that you know in the little agreement and that annoys the hell out of me um, 
because I'd love a Ruger 1022. <laughs> I'd love a <laughs> I'd love a pump action shotgun. I'd love a semi-automatic shotgun. Um, I hate the fact that we have to justify ourselves. You know, oh, that rifle's a bit more dangerous, so we've got to keep that one a bit more restricted. It's just like, well, you know, um, I, I always go back to the car analogy. You know, like it's perfectly fine for people to own a six-liter V8 that's capable of having many hundred kilometers an hour. You know, but there's no extra restriction on that besides just some of the P-plate laws. So that's right, you know. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're more than capable of doing a lot more damage or whatever in that car as opposed to a Hyundai XL, but um, for someone with their full license, there's no difference. Why does there need to be a difference? And we're constantly seeing people talk about, oh, there's just no need for semi-automatics, you know, and maybe there isn't, but I don't know why there needs to be so much justification and and stuff on you know in that regard and yeah. and I know I mean I could have probably cleaned up a lot more pigs in my time with a with an AR15 or an M1A you know and yeah. it'd be great to own them also from a historical standpoint because as I said I'm a history teacher I love history and I love the idea of these guns like the M1 Garand or the M1A the the stuff that they've gone through in their their time and it's a shame that um, the government seems so reactive in the way it makes the laws and it's more of a um, let's take the tools away from the people rather than let's, you know, be a bit more um, informed about the decisions we're making and those kind of things, you know, because I'm yeah. sure you've seen data, there's data out there that shows that nothing much has really changed in the way of firearms deaths. And I know one bloke said, oh, but we haven't had a major massacre since then. I'm like, yeah, but we've got all these shootings in Sydney with all these criminals and they've got the ammo bill come in, like that's going to stop that and, you know, I almost don't know where to start. But, yeah, I, yeah. I, think, it's, I think it's stupid that, that we have to have these different categories and justify one firearm as opposed to another when it, it's so much more about the motive of the individual and, and, and what they want to do with it that is the problem as opposed to the laws themselves. Yeah, like, people sense. always yeah people always say they go oh we haven't had a massacre and I say yeah yeah neither is New Zealand since about ninety six or late ninety seven yeah, I think exactly. it was they've still got they've got silences yeah, they've got semi autos they've got whole, the whole yep. and they've got no registration and the world just hasn't blown up I mean does the government think what's the difference between New Zealand I mean I'd say we're at least culturally I'd say hunting is a lot more accepted in New Zealand because it's just part of their culture it is here too. But, you know, uh, coming across from America where they fought for their freedom, a little bit different again. But Australia, you know, we're a bit of a convict nation, you know. Like, and, we, you know, we're part of the monarchy part under England. So people always yeah. say that. And I don't like the whole want or need. I believe there's no difference between any firearm. And I've actually – I'm going to speak to uh, someone from an organization in a couple of weeks, someone who I've interviewed before. But a lot of people say, oh, you know, they're supportive of – uh, handguns and um, handgun, you know, with, within sport, you know, IPSC or Olympic sports using handguns. Then in the next breath, oh, I, hear, I think I saw that on your Facebook or yeah, it was then, there was a conversation between uh, Senator Brown and I can't pronounce the other name. Oh, Lieutenant Lionhelm, yeah, David Lionhelm from the Liberal Democrats, I think it yeah. was. But um, yeah, look, so some people agree that you know, they go, oh no, handguns good, send a fire rifle like AR-15 bad. And I'm like, well, how can you yeah. how can you philosophically say that? Because most of the crime, I would say, within Australia, and I'm sure people would agree, is majority of it. I reckon 90 plus percent. I don't have figures, but I'm just guessing that's what they're finding. They're finding handguns. Yet the government didn't, yeah. didn't seem interested in handguns. Yet so handgun is majority of the crime. Yet that's okay, uh, but we're not going to support centerfire rifles. And it's just, uh, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I get mind boggled. Hang on, you support those, which is the which is yeah. what majority of the crime is. And but uh, the yep. centerfire, no, nah, no, nah, I can't have that. I mean, oh, very bad. You know, like Ruger ten twenty two. I mean, when's the last time you saw someone? You know, gun someone down with probably a Ruger ten twenty two. I mean, it's not really the yeah. choice of firearm. And those uh, AR fifteen, these massacres, they're, that's like one percent. Even in America, they're just the high profile cases. All the rest of it is a lot of it's handgun crime. So I mean, yeah, I'd rather they absolutely. say, I'd rather they just support everything than saying, oh yeah, yeah, yeah handguns great. Uh, you know, centerfire rifles like AR fifteens, SKS, whatever they may be. Uh, no, no, good, terrible. It just doesn't make sense to me. But getting on, this is good about the politics, man. Like, do you vote? Um, for a, 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 you said you're in New South Wales, so pro-gun political party. You can share it with us if you want. If you don't want it, that's okay. Or do you vote for yeah, one of the no, two majors? I do. Yeah, I vote for shooters and fishers for sure. Yeah. What? So tell yeah. me, in regards to that, um, 
I mean, I'm not sure if you know too much about it or you, you, you talk to them or you're on Facebook a lot. Have you have you been happy with their performance, say, in the political arena? I would have to say I'm unsure. Um, I vote, you know, program political party because I just know that it's unfortunately a numbers game, you know, and the more people who vote for them, the more power they're going to have. In terms of progress, I'm not entirely sure um, how much we've gained um, and I'll happily admit that I don't know as much about it as what I could or should but um, you know I, I just don't know we've obviously lost a bit of ground in the last couple of years with things like the ammo bill and then the uh, abolition or whatever of the um, the game council and since they've got that back so I've since I've gotten heavily into the firearms hunting scene I feel like I've been kicked in the guts a couple of times in that, that regard um, I don't know of much that's been a real positive thing for us, um, but at the same time, I don't read as much as what I should. Is there? I mean, you know, what can you tell me? <laughs> can you remind me? <laughs> it depends. Oh, I mean, obviously we've got the ammo bill. I mean, we got our bums handed to us with uh, you know the sell-off of the you know, power power sales. You know, the yeah. I think it was the Newcastle ports, maybe the power lines. Even you know we're supposed to get you know national park hunting, which was supposed to be like the state forest model, which didn't happen. And, I, and I'm not I'm not upset with those guys. I think they're great for going hard because you know some people say. Yeah, we've got to maintain that relationship, which I think is true from John Tingle, who was the founder of the party, who was one of the first people in Parliament. Now, he was on his own, and he was the, yeah. obviously a big driver uh, behind, obviously, the Game Council, him and, him and Robert Brown. And, but, yep. you know, you really do have to maintain those relationships. I'm not sure what the SFP's relationship is at the moment between themselves and the, you know, the now bad government. I mean, just in the media, you know, we've just seen Barry O'Farrell take massive swipes at Rob Borzak from the Shooters and Fishers Party. But, mm. I mean, at least they're going hard, man. We've seen a lot of organisations here in Australia who are just towing the political line, you know. They're not, you know, they're not out there yeah. fighting for our rights. They're not, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, you got to look at, say, I mean, I just did a, an interview with the um, Executive Vice President of the Canadian National Firearms Association. They're full on, man. Look at their Facebook page. Look at the stuff they're saying. Look at the stuff coming out of New Zealand. Yeah, I know. Look, I will do that. Look at the stuff coming out of, I mean, the National Rifle Association out of America. I mean, they don't take any prisoners. On the front of their magazine, they're naming and shaming. They're making videos to name and shame politicians who are against firearms. I mean, we, in Colorado, they got rid of, I know, I know it was one, it might even be two politicians on recall for their stance on firearms. Gone. No job anymore. See you later. Goodbye. Well, <laughs> you know? Wow. You see, so, when you ask, have I been happy with their performance, I guess not only do I not know enough, but I have no idea what we could be hoping for. Like, if you had told me that we could possibly go down that kind of uh, road, then I would have, I'll, you know, I'm very surprised to hear that. And I think it's cool that there's potential like that there, for sure. Yeah. That's the thing, man. Port Arthur's been what? close to 18 years now. And I'm afraid if we get to that 30-year yeah. thir mark, all the new shooters... I mean, I've got 18-year-old shooters now. Don't even know who Martin Bryan is. Don't even know who... And I, sometimes I think, why should they know who Port Arthur is? They didn't do anything wrong. They're not responsible. Yeah. It was one stupid nutter with a gun. And all of a sudden, well, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, it's public safety and, and et cetera, et cetera. And you can't defend yourself. I mean, yeah. you know... I mean, you know, what do you do exactly? I mean, there's a lot of political parties out there now. When we've got the election coming up in Victoria, I think next month, you know, there's a lot of different parties. I mean, we're seeing good stuff from in out of the uh, Liberal Democrats. David Lionhelm, the senator, which we're just talking about, you know, getting in a yeah. lot of a lot of magazines, a lot of articles, getting published by some very prestigious, you know, media outlets, and he's writing those articles. So I mean, you know, and they're letting yeah. him, they're letting him print them as he writes them. So. Can't complain well, with that. Yeah, I mean, any, cool. any benefit to getting any media out there from the SFP guys? And you know, anyway, I support all the pro-gun parties. You know, you, you know, you're not going to like everything they do. I don't like asset sell-offs. You know, I think the government should own them. But I mean, if I'm going to get something out of it, I at least want something out of it. But you know, sometimes yeah. you can't do a handshake deal. You've got to make sure it's locked in before it happens. But anyway, that's all yeah. good, man. I mean, what do you think they can do? I mean, you said you're not sure. What, what do you think they can do better in the future? Not just, say, SFP. I'm talking all political parties. What can they do better in the future? You think they should take a more, you know, relaxed approach, more working with the government? You think they um, should be in your face? You know, you think get in there and make a difference? What do you think? I think just maybe in general, just less reactive. I think... You know, we can agree that 
Um, say the ammo bill, you know, Barry O'Farrell comes into power, people are like, what about the crime in Sydney? What about the crime? He's like, oh, what about this something? How about this ammo bill? It's such a, it's a pathetic reaction and, and it hasn't done anything for, for anyone, you know, the, the, the crime's still there. Um, but then the shooters are, I mean, I haven't uh, bought any pistol ammo, but I understand that people, you know, sort of have to sign with some details or whatever for the sake of that bill or whatever it is. Um, and the fact that the politicians are so reactive and I guess maybe easily influenced by um, some of the people out there they shouldn't be influenced by, that's a bit of a shame. And, uh, and it'd be good maybe if um, politicians in general would look at us for who we really are, which is law-abiding people, quite a large um, body, quite a, we can be quite an economic body in, with the amount of money that we spend in you know our chosen um, hobby. And um, I treat us Less like the the problem, you know. Um, less like, oh God, we got these shooters, and more like, well, what can we do for them? Because they've got a lot of power. They've got a lot of, you know, voters, or we maybe need more voters. I don't know, but maybe that's. Um, I guess that's maybe what they could do a bit better. Is just yeah. But I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the way the shooters and fishers talk in Parliament, and that, as far as I'm concerned, like when I've seen them talk, I read transcripts. Everything there sounds great, you know. The the one that um, I think I read one from a while ago about Robert Borsak having to go about the, the need for a fox bounty in New South Wales and I thought oh, yeah. the way he spoke was fantastic. So, um, but it's just a shame that other politicians aren't maybe as, as savvy, you know, because we we're not kidding ourselves. We don't mean that every politician has to have some pro-gun agenda because there are other things that we're trying to come to they've got to worry about, but I think it's more just a case of, yeah, just you get the sense that they, they get this... Um, they get scared or they get worried like they've got to say the right thing or the wrong thing when, when the issue of guns was brought up, but particularly because we, as a country, we follow what America does so often uh, or so readily. And, um, yeah, like I said, more proactive rather than reactive, I think, would be a good way to go about it. Yeah, everyone's always watching the American TV shows. They're <laughs> always, they always love everything about them, but, oh, we don't want their guns, but I guarantee we got invaded tomorrow. Hey, hey, B B Tony Abbott, be straight on the phone to Barack Obama saying, hey, we need you, we need you started, your destroyers over here, bring the Navy, we need help, let's go, bring all those guns and planes, yeah. let's go. <laughs> I, saw a, um, I saw a meme, I think, on Facebook, and it said something like, you may not... Uh, be religious and you may not like guns but if you get invaded you're going to do two things one call someone with a gun and two pray to God they're going to get there quick or something like that and I thought that was just a really interesting quote because yeah like again and that brings up another interesting topic you know like it's okay for police to have guns if you need your life defended but you know it's not okay for someone else to be able to defend themselves it's just I don't know I find that unusual yeah. anyway good stuff man we've got, a, we've got a segment here five questions under a minute you ready to take the challenge all right, I'll, I'll start it in three, two, one. Okay, in five words or less, describe what hunting means to you. Way of life. Favourite game species to hunt and why? Um, it'd be pigs. Yes. Because they're found all over the place. So it's a cool way to sort of see Australia as well as hunt for equal animals. All right, your proudest moment or experience you've had being a hunter, and what was it? Um, getting one of my absolute best mates his his first kill, his first goat. Nice. If you could hunt anywhere in the world, what would it be? Oh, sorry, where would it be and why and what species? Uh, I think Alaska, moose, just because it's, it's so far out of the way and moose are iconic. All right, favourite piece of hunting equipment you own and what is it and why? My Seiko Triple Two, L461, because my dad had one back in the day and that's the only reason why I bought it. Oh, no, you failed, man. 10607. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right, man. It's all a bit of fun. Yeah, that's all right, mate. You know, some people, you know, yeah. ah, what do you do? A bit of fun, you know what I mean? Um, good stuff, yeah. man. Uh, to finish off, tell us a story, mate. You might be able to share with the audience. We always finish off with a story. I know my listeners, they always email me and say, oh, I love hearing stories. Set out a story, yeah, right. set out a story for us, you know, daytime, nighttime, what time of year it was. You know, was okay. it maybe a hunting um, story? Yep. Yeah, I, um, last year, I wrote, a, I wrote a story for 
big game Australia magazine about getting in close and hunting goats. And at the time, um, you sort of go in the running to win a trip. And the trip was up to Cape York, chasing pigs and barramundi and scrubbles, and I won. And, uh, yeah, so I got this kind of all expenses paid pretty much besides getting up there, trip around some of the most awesome properties I'm sure Cape York has to offer. And, um, yeah, look, I just, I don't know, it's, I've always been interested in far north Australia because of crocodiles and the bird life and all those kinds of things. And I spent time riding around in the Polaris and I shot plenty of pigs. I shot a few scrub bulls and there was one spot where we camped, um, which was along a river up there. And, uh, yeah, we had a whole bunch of land cruisers, a whole bunch of hunting equipment, a whole bunch of fishing equipment, all the good stuff, and had a campfire, and it was probably the most remote I've ever been. And, um, yeah, look, we just had these blokes who I was with just pulling barramundi out of the out of the water, out of the river or the ocean because both of them were there and cooking them up on a barbecue just with a bit of flour on them, you know, reflecting over the day, you know, the experiences of the day. I'd never shot scrub bulls before. I had my 308 up there with me. The first rifle ever bought was my 308. So, yeah, I've taken it everywhere pretty much. And, yeah, look, it's just one of those moments that you have where you sit around thinking life can't get much better, you know, and you just wish you had so many of your mates up there been able to experience it with you because you just get that kind of feeling they wouldn't believe how awesome it was when you get home and tell them. But, <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's it was so cool to be up there on this, in this remote location with not many people and just see what is essentially, you know, a really wild part of Australia because, you know, people overseas um, always assume Australia is this real outbacky kind of place, but there are so many places that aren't like that, obviously. But to be up there and, and take photos of the water lilies and the... You know, see where crocodiles have been and all the cool birds and stuff. It was yeah, amazing. And um, I haven't really got a story with a cool punchline or anything, really. That's just uh, a story <laughs> about one of the best times I've had hunting. Nice man. All right, man. That's it, man. Thanks for uh, joining me on the show. We always love interviewing people. I, I, I class it myself as just an average Joe that loves hunting and shooting, like a lot of blokes around, probably like yourself as well. That just loves getting out there, loves hunting, yeah. loves the shooting, loves the lifestyle. So, man, thanks for coming on the show to be part of the Australian Hunting Podcast and the Everyday Hunter series, which you know sees us interview people that just love hunting and shooting. So, Dylan, mate, thanks again. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You've just been educated, and this is the Australian Hunting Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next time.